This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to another Tiny Toons episode of the Animaniacast. Oh, Buster and Babs! And welcome everybody once again to another episode of Talkin' Tiny Tunes. This is the spin-off series of the Animaniacast. And, of course, today we are going to be talking about another episode of Tiny Toon Adventures, revisiting all of our favorite jokes and all the cultural references that we can find. And, of course, in the end, we're going to give this episode of Tiny Toons a water tower rating. And there's actually water towers in this episode. I saw them in the background. But anyway, I am Joey, and joining me once again are my co-hosts, in Los Angeles, it's my brother Nathan. Uh, maybe I am, or maybe I'm not. I okay. <laughs> <laughs> and across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Steven Spielberg was in this episode. Yes, he was. Like for reals, for reals, reals, for realsies. <laughs> yes. Uh, today we are going to be talking about. Episode 73 of Tiny Toon Adventures. This is entitled Buster and Babs Go Hawaiian. Now, Nathan, at the beginning of this, you, you, I, you, did you say something that's actually in this episode? Um, I had written something down, but then I accidentally deleted it. So then I was like, do you want to redo it right now? Sure. I don't, I don't even know what to say now. Okay. I was like, oh, this will be good enough. (laughs) It was something. But, uh, you know, I just, you know, I just failed. Okay. I'll try again next week. All right. Well, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) if someone were to ask you in uh, just a few words to summarize this, this episode, I think, well, I think Kelly's already given her summary, but we're going to go ahead and try it again. Nathan, what would you tell them about this episode? Uh, uh, Hampton finally gets the girl. I think that's for, for I, I a brief I, moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's more to the episode. I, oh, I got to rewatch there's, this. Yeah, oh, now, Nathan, you tuned out after three <laughs> minutes. Oh man. I was uh, like, ah, uh, and I just imagined all the wonderful things that are happening. I mean, it was on. I just, <laughs> I was just... <laughs> Dozed off or no. Well, Kelly, what would you say about this episode? Steven Spielberg is in it. That's what I thought you were going to say. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. So, Nathan, tell us. uh, This is a really fun episode. But tell us, first of all, when did this episode first premiere? Okay. Uh, So this episode premiered on Monday, November 18th, 2019. It was the episode right before 
the Henny Youngman Day episode, which we just recently did, which is kind of weird. We're going back in time. Back in time. <laughs> by, you know, less than a week. Um, so uh, everything that happened then is going to happen. But also, less. this was less than a week after the television premiere of Michael Jackson's video, Black and White, which aired on Fox. And uh, it was just a few days after the release of the movies, uh, Cape Fear and Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Yay! All right. <laughs> so I actually do remember, like, I seem to remember the the premiere of uh, Michael Jackson's black and white video on Fox. It seems like, well, especially back in the early 90s, Fox would have a lot of promotional things like that to to get you excited. Um, yeah, and that was a, it a big had deal. huge ratings on the Nielsen's, so I don't know. Such a, such a weird I remember thing. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's good. I, I would hope so. <laughs> well, I, I think before we get into today's episode that we should talk a little bit about the background about it because this is a, a very different episode than any other ones. Not Not just because Steven Spielberg is actually voicing himself in this episode, but this is uh, where these eighth graders in Virginia submitted this story and actually <laughs> through <laughs> a little, I, I really, they were just lucky. I think they got <laughs> this to get actually made. So it wasn't a contest or anything. No, it, it wasn't a contest. Uh, basically this is, this is what happened. I'll, I'll go. I found this article today and it's actually, it's a pretty short article, but it gives the explanation of how this, uh, these kids actually got their scripts submitted to uh, Tiny Tunes. This is from Education Week back January 16th of 1991. It says, When Renee Carter, an 8th grader from Waynesboro, Virginia, started doodling figures from her favorite television cartoon show, she never thought it would lead to a contract with one of the world's most prestigious film studios, and a meeting with the acclaimed director Steven Spielberg. But that's Hollywood. The unlikely chain of events began in the cafeteria of Kate Collins Junior High, where Renee began sketching characters from Tiny Toon Adventures, a syndicated cartoon program produced by Mr. Spielberg. With the help of two of her friends, Amy Crosby and Sarah Kreff, or Kreef, the drawings evolved into a full-length story entitled Buster and Babs Go Hawaiian, the, pot, the plot <laughs> chronicles the mishaps of two Tiny Toon characters distantly related to Bugs Bunny. I don't know about that, but whatever. <laughs> Education week. Distantly related to Bugs Bunny, whose vacation turns into a fiasco. On, quote, a whim, the three girls created a 180-page illustrated storybook and sent it in to a local television station that broadcasts the popular afternoon show. A station employee forwarded the manuscript to Warner Brothers Animation, which produces the program. It eventually ended up in the hands of Mr. Spielberg, who liked the story enough to send his representatives to Waynesboro to make a deal to purchase the story from the three young authors. Later this month, the girls and their parents will fly to Los Angeles, where they will tour Universal Studios, 
there, watch the filming of a television show, and meet with the famous director to discuss the cartoon tale. In addition to their trip west, the three youngsters will split a $250 fee. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> the, Buster wow. ba- the Buster and Babs episode will air sometime in the fall. And uh, let's see. This is quoting. Yeah, in November, Joey. November 18th. Oh, thank no. you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> and then this is a quote from Renee. It says, I got the entire school watching the show, even the teachers, says Renee, who plans to pursue a cur- career in animation. I figure something like this would look pretty good on a resume. And, by the way, I tried doing a little bit of searching for these girls. I don't know where they are. I don't Aww. know. I couldn't find yeah, them. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, how much work did you do, Joey? Come on. I tried. Like, I, I tried. I, <laughs> Kelly and I didn't do anything. but <laughs> I tried stalking them. I really did. I tried. But I couldn't find them. So, if if any of those girls are actually, or sorry, I should say ladies are are listening women. to this <laughs> women are listening uh t- today uh well hey uh, send us an email animaniacast at retrozap.com we i'm sure we'd all love to have them on the show to talk about their experiences yeah, awesome. right <laughs> cool yeah absolutely so hey ladies if you're listening hey reach out to us animaniacast at retrozap.com because we want to we want to talk about this so i did also reach out to tom ruger and say uh, hey, can you tell us, uh, we're going to be talking about Buster and Babs Go Hawaiian. Uh, how did you guys get the script and who worked on polishing it up? And Tom said the script was sent to Stephen's office and his assistant, Bonnie Curtis, who, by the way, is seen in this episode briefly as they're going by the uh, right to Stephen's studio. Uh, there's a woman with a little sign outside. It says Bonnie Curtis. And she goes, I'm sorry, Mr. Spielberg isn't available right now. Uh, anyway, Bonnie Curtis thought it would be a fun way to engage with fans. There's a there's a 2020 piece on the girls about their script and Stephen and us putting it together. And again, ladies and gentlemen, if you happen to find that 2020 segment somewhere on the internet, uh, again, let me know. I'd love to, you know, see it and share it out with everybody because uh, I, I vaguely remember seeing this. I remember. When, before this episode came out, I remember hearing about it, and I'm assuming maybe my dad showed us the segment on 2020. Um, but I'm not, I don't, I really don't think we still have it on VHS <laughs> at the house. So if you happen to have it anywhere, let us know. Tom goes on to say, Sherry, Paul Dini, and I, uh, story exited it. He says, I think that's the only episode where we actually brought in Steven uh, to record his own lines, and I know he came in for this one. Uh, I was there for all the recordings. Usually Frank played, Frank Welker played Steven. So, yeah. So there you go. Uh, a little bit more information right there. And oh, I also like the end of the gag credits right here. It says something to the effect of, if you have any unsolicited scripts, please send them to another show. Uh, something <laughs> along those lines. So, uh, and I, I kind of mentioned to Tom that, I hope this didn't create like a a tidal wave of, you know, scripts from kids from across the country trying to get their own scripts written. But uh, he said he doesn't recall getting any scripts because uh, he couldn't read any unsolicited material, which makes sense. You don't want to have, you know, you know, you don't want to have the, uh, the executive producers in a show, 
look at something and even if they don't like it, be blamed, you know, or sued later on, I should say, for stealing ideas. So yeah, there's some sort of sim. They're gonna be like, oh, it was kind of like that, and then like, well, we no, we thought of that idea on our own, but you know, exactly. If so it influences you at all, it's it's yeah bad. Yeah. So <laughs> I would I would say to the, I know that I've, I've, I still talk to fans to this day online and everything. It was like, I have this great idea for for Animaniacs and. Uh, I'll, I don't know the process of getting into uh, to get your script read. It's I think one of the hardest things in Hollywood to do, actually, to get executives to actually read your your scripts. So uh, sending it directly by mail to the studio is definitely not the way to do it, though. Apparently, <laughs> because direct time, to Steven Spielberg yeah, is the to, only yeah, way, unless Steve. <laughs> Yeah, unless this case, for some reason, it's very, very rare, whatever the case is. So, let's just get straight into the first part. And Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens here in? first part of Buster and Babs go Hawaiian. Okay. Well, first we see Hampton in his own cartoon, and he is uh, rescuing Lady May, and he's sort of this swashbuckling Errol Flynn-type character. And uh, just as he's about to kiss the Lady May that he's rescued, Buster and Babs come in and interrupt, saying it's a terrible script. And they're not even in it. Oh, Sir Hampton the Prudent, how shall I ever repay you? All right, that's it. I can't believe this. Another mediocre script. And what's worse, we're not even in this one. Let's go see the writers. You can't do this. This episode was my star vehicle. I even got the girl. Hampton gets upset because uh, this was his own cartoon. And he finally gets the girl, but then he doesn't realize that uh, Bucky goes and kisses the girl after he walks away. <laughs> and then um, Buster and Baz want to go talk to the writers, and they see that the writers are in it was essentially the men's room, but there's like a little sign that's stuck over it that says. You know, writer's room, I think. Which is and written they're playing, very poorly. Yeah, <laughs> yes, like a childlike scroll. And uh, <laughs> they're playing cards and um, not really uh, paying a lot of attention to what's going on. Why do I give these hacked script towns a piece of my mind? Any threes? Go fish. You guys, the pizza people? Losers. Now, we should talk so, about who those writers are, the caricatures of those people. So, uh, just to interrupt, is Paul Dini is in there. Sherry Stoner is the, the woman in there. And Nicholas Hollander is there uh, with the crazy hair. And if you look closely in the background, since it's Sherry Stoner, they threw a uh, Little Mermaid poster in the background there as well. Oh, so, I didn't see that. Yeah, yet I didn't see it until I paused it. So, I was like, oh, there it is. So there you go. That's cool. <laughs> um, so the uh, so they decide, Buster and Babs decide to go see his eminence himself, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and uh, 
they go to they burrow underground um and they have to get past ralph the guard and we all know ralph from animaniacs but he also is in tiny tunes hello i'm buster bunny and i'm Bob's bunny <laughs> no relation <clears throat> the stars of tiny toon adventures we're here to see steven spielberg yeah, uh, your names ain't on the list. They keep trying to sneak in. They do uh, some costumes and different things, and none of that is, is really seems to be working. And so uh, they finally burrow into his office, you know, the same way they got to the studio to begin with. And there he is. Like, you see a chair, and there's all these flashing lights, and there's all these posters on the wall for Always, and Gremlins, and... Ah, I've already forgotten the other two. Um, see Raiders, I think, was one of them. Yeah, I thought there was an Indiana Jones, and um, I, I can see where the other one was in my head. E.T. But I, E.T. was the oh, other one. Yeah. Oh, E.T. So, um... Oh, I forgot, too. The, uh... As they're coming through the studio, they see, uh, well, I don't think they really even see it, but there's this quick little snippet of Peter Pan flying through. Oh, yes. And he says, I can fly. <laughs> and then Dustin, well, he's Robin Williams' Peter Pan. And then Dustin Hoffman's walking by as Captain Hook. And, of course, that's a nod to Hook. I can fly. Look, Ma, no wires. Hoist the, uh, hoist the batards. I thought that was a great little moment right there, by the way. So, uh... Yeah, because Hook had to have been... Co- when did Hook come out? 19... 19- it was around this time, I know. I don't know the exact right. release net. Okay. Yeah, right. Look like, it up, Nathan. Look it up. <laughs> Give me a it check. must It must have <laughs> been before the cartoon came out. Um, or at least, uh... You know, before it aired, so that they know that people would get the reference. Although it was uh, widely um, publicized about what a train wreck the production was. Well, here's, and that's the thing. Actually, uh, Dustin Hoffman, uh, who's doing it, you know, it's it's definitely a uh, Rain Man ish uh, Dustin Hoffman impression going into there, and he's saying, "Hoist the petards." And to be hoisted by your the it's it's a line from Hamlet, by the way. We just we can't get away from Hamlet talk in our discussions, but uh, it means to be essentially blown up uh, when you hoist yourself. I think it's hoist yourself by your petards or something like that. Is uh, to essentially be blown yeah. up, blown up by your own bomb. I believe is what it basically means, right? Uh, but yeah, it's 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 done in, in Hamlet when. Uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are uh, dead. No, they they're they're not dead yet. They're given a letter to give <laughs> to. A, yeah, they're going to go with Hamlet to go visit another king, and the letter says, "Hey, king, when Hamlet comes to your castle, kill him." Basically, something like that, mm-hmm. and Hamlet finds out about it. So he talks about and changes the letter so it says kill these two people that just came to your door <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry rosencrantz and Guildenstern. yeah so. and that's how they got killed um oh, well. <laughs> it, oh hook came out in december so it was actually just a month away so 
that hasn't even released. Oh, okay, and so this is coming up before so, Hook. So there you go. We're on the promotional. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it was it did get a lot of publicity and you know, Julie Roberts they yeah. talked about how difficult she was on the set and it's so expensive, blah blah blah. But I love it and I think it's really developed a following over the years even more so than when it came out. Rufy. Oh I know. <laughs> I got to <laughs> looky, meet looky, him. Looky, looky, I got hooky. <laughs> I got to meet him. He was so nice. Um so the uh so they they, they were at Ben Spielberg's office, uh, you know, like you had already said, they walked past this the secretary um, or administrative assistant, whatever the preferred term was <laughs> for her. You see Stephen playing uh, an arcade game. And if you ever see pictures of Stephen in his offices uh, throughout the years, uh, there usually are some kind of arcade games or, you know, particularly back in the 80s, uh, he loves video games. Um, and uh, she's like a big kid. So uh, it's really interesting that he's playing these video games. So Buster and Babs um, are telling him that they aren't happy with the script. Well, I just got a script from three hot young writers, eighth graders in fact. It's called Buster and Babs Go Hawaiian. Hawaii? Oh, I've always wanted to go there. Ah! We'll do it. Thanks. So they decide to uh, to go go forward with it and then Hampton storms in and he uh he's mad he's talking about pig discrimination and everything and I mean I don't know the way he speaks to Stephen is not cool and I don't think anyone ever would speak to Stephen <laughs> the way he spoke to Stephen and I'm surprised he still had a job after that well but I also he, did not <laughs> fail to notice that he got roasted yes in the next episode, so or the next segment of the episode, so I don't know, maybe that had something to do with it. He got Shia LaBeoufed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now that's a new word. Like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, you got LaBeoufed. <laughs> I'm going to use that in my new my my lexicon now. <laughs> I finally get a decent role, and it's snatched out from under me by those two seed-stealing rabbits. It's pig discrimination, I tell you. The Hog Association won't hear of this. Uh, uh, pardon him, Mr. Spielberg. Uh, he's been noshing on too much um, sugar-coated slop. Yeah. <laughs> Can I shine your sneakers, sir? Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, that's that's basically it. So they, they take the script and, and go off and... Uh, so we got to see Steven, and as we've already mentioned, it's it's actually him. Um, you can tell. I mean, I can tell. I've heard his voice a lot because I've watched him in interviews and everything. And sometimes I think, oh, man, maybe sometime I will get a phone call, and it will be Steven, and I will know because I know his voice. Steven, call me. <laughs> well, he, he, and you, he did a good job, I think, Steven, as himself. Sometimes you hear these uh, people, they, you know, doing essentially kind of an impression of themselves but i think he uh he did a good job i'm, I'm a little you know sad that... movies and stuff you know briefly yeah that's true he does he'll he'll do a cameo here and there in a movie but um yeah he just sounded pretty natural i guess is what i'm trying to say he yeah. just it's it sounded it, he did a good job i'm a, a disappointed a little bit that he didn't decide to come back a few more times uh for 
other cartoon appearances, but you know, it may just be the scheduling. Wasn't yeah, it? that's true. Frank Welker is a lot easier to get than Steven Spielberg, I think. Well, and also there may be something about the Actors Guild or something. Oh like, yeah, that's true. You know, There's if you get paid for lines, I don't know. That's maybe. true. Mm-hmm. That's true. I've I've yeah. heard of those things. Yeah, that you have to. Yeah. Well. Uh, I thought uh, also Tom Ruger was saying that Stephen just didn't like the way he sounded in it. Hmm. Like, yeah, I think I thought we. Yeah, let's yeah. let's play a clip if that's uh, relevant right now. So Stephen came in and did his voice. It's the only time he showed up at a recording session. Quite f- frankly, Stephen said, "You know what? I, I think I like the other guy doing my voice." <laughs> <laughs> like Frank Welker's impression. So uh, we went with Frank, and Frank always put kind of whoa, 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 whoa. I think that the. He'd always put a little stutter in, which made Stephen crack up. He said, well, I don't sound like that. (laughs) Well, anyway. uh, I find that so relatable because I don't like the way I sound either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I I guess, I mean, we hit pretty much all the references. There was a few. So let's see. There there was George Lucas, as you were saying, in the waiting in the lobby. George, George. Oh, you didn't say. You, I thought you said okay. No. George no, Lucas I, is in the lobby, dressed mm-hmm. as Darth Vader, which is what he does. I guess he was going to pitch a, another Star Wars film to his buddy <laughs> Steven, but he had to wait, uh, which is kind of sad. Uh, Doc Brown. Well, this is '91, <laughs> so that was before the prequels. So I mean, oh, that's true. Yeah, was well, this was an idea where he was going to play Darth Vader, <laughs> so it was. Uh, it never got made. It yeah, just... it was a very early script for Episode One. Um, <laughs> Well, and then there's Doc Brown from Back to the Future, of course, and Andrew Lloyd Webber, Sir Lloyd, Sir Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber, whatever we want to call him, <laughs> is uh is there dressed as a, a tabby cat or a tiger or basically cats. So, can't which wait. is interesting because uh, they just released the trailer for. Oh cats. yes, they did. Yeah, just <laughs> recently. And um, Spielberg uh, is producing it. Oh, really? Executive producer. Well, it took a while, but Andrew Lloyd Webber finally got in a meeting with uh, Spielberg to make uh, to make the movie finally. And uh, boy, oh boy, is that uh, trailer something else, huh? (laughs) I I've never seen the musical. I the the whole concept sounds bizarre and weird to me. All I know is yeah. All I know is that the musical itself often isn't regarded as a very good musical. So when people are like, why is this so weird looking? And I'm thinking to myself, a lot, you know, a lot of the people that are freaking out are people that apparently never saw the cast of cats showing up on things like reading rainbow. And and I would, they would pop up on a lot of things as a kid growing up and yeah, they look kind of weird, but no weirder than like, like, you know, cast members in Zoobly Zoo or, or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They I just, love that show. Yeah, it just kind of looks like the same kind of you know setup. So, yeah. Well, the, for the movie, I think they're doing a more digital representation, oh, yes. which I think is off. So very shiny like, cats. They're, they're kind of used to the costumes, but not like CGI. So I don't know. I again, I I have no point of comparison because I've only seen like clips and I read the plot. I was like, that sounds like. A crazy story like if it even has a story because it's kind of based on a poem by t.s Eliot or or a story by t.s Eliot, and yeah i don't know it's um it'll be different yeah that that's well i won't be seeing it i'll be seeing the rise of skywalker thank you very much 
and skipping cats. So I'll be waiting for West Side Story, but I'll also see Rise of Skywalker. But West Side Story will be the musical of Spielberg that I want to see. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, so cats. <laughs> There's also a quick reference to uh, Roger Rabbit, one of my favorite movies. Roger Rabbit uh, makes a quick little appearance, and I could not really place who was doing Roger's voice in this clip. It almost sounded like Jess Harnell, but I thought, no, it couldn't be Jess because he didn't really join that team until, uh, you know, the the Animaniacs uh, came around. Jess Harnell does do Roger Rabbit's voice for a few things, by the way. I think he does Roger's voice for Cartoon Spin in Disneyland, I think. So he's kind of mm-hmm. like the, the backup for Charles Fleischer, but... Maybe it was Frank Welker, perhaps. Yeah, according to uh, Wikipedia, it was Frank Welker. Okay. Did Roger Rabbit, but. Okay. Uh, morning, Roger. Yeah. Pleasant, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's, so that was cool to see. I mean, <laughs> obviously Spielberg did have a very close relationship with, obviously, a few rabbits, both with uh, Buster and uh, Babs and Roger. <laughs> so. And the the last little thing I thought that was maybe an indirect uh, reference was the uh, vermin thing. He's get out of here, you have vermin, right? He's playing that video game, and the video game he's playing, even though he, I don't think it shows the title of the game, it looks like it's an exterminator zapping what looks to be like Mickey Mouse. Uh, yeah, ears. <laughs> yeah, Mickey Mouse ears, like the little hats, you know? He's blasting him. So I'm like, okay, so he's blasting Disney <laughs> with his thing. And, and also, is that also a combination reference to arachnophobia, maybe? I'm not quite sure, but uh, it might be. Uh, sure. Sure, why not? Take that, Disney. I'm going to say it's an arachnophobia Disney video game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Disney-phobia. Uh <laughs> Well, uh, that's all the references I found in that first part. But uh, let's, I guess, Nathan, let's let's go with you first. What were some moments in this or uh, that stood out or things that you really liked? I liked seeing Ralph the guard. That was pretty fun. Um, seeing Hampton getting leading role was was pretty awesome. Um, oh boy! Uh, and then, of course, Steven Spielberg. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, uh, it was all a lot of fun in this first little section yeah and and ralph did look a little bit different <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like an earlier earlier animation model for him but uh it did notice he had the s for, i'm assuming for St- for a uh, spielberg on his arm uh instead of wb so he's just he just guards the amblin lot at this point yeah which, oh we do see the uh yeah we see the warner brother tower right the yeah in the, the background I mean, the, at one point yeah the Water zooming around the place, which can be seen. I, I'm assuming that this must be the Universal Studios lot that they're getting into, since the Amblin is kind of close to. It's basically, you know, conjoined with uh, Universal Studios. So, like, I think isn't that right, Kelly? Isn't the Spielberg's offices that whole Adobe thing? Oh, I, I think so. Having never been there because I've never been invited, um, <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent. Sure, but uh, I th- I think it's they're kind of you know connected. Yeah, I think on the me. Universal Studios tour they'll drive you. Do they drive you past the uh, the? I know we 
I know I've seen that. If they do, I need to go. Yeah, I think they do. I think the, I, the Universal Studios one. Yeah, did they do that, Nathan? Uh, drive you past what? Spielberg's offices. Mm, maybe. Mm. I mean, definitely not on every tour. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, so it's, it's um, definitely oh, I, in that area. Um, I also wanted to say I liked when Stephen was saying I got a fresh script from some young hot writers or whatever, some young writers, like they're in eighth grade, actually. So it's funny. They're, they're really young writers. They're so. really young writers. It's funny. <laughs> About as young as I can get. I'm getting him $250 to split. <laughs> uh, well, they got a free trip out of it, too. So, you know what? 250 bucks. <laughs> That's not. And they got him. Even Spielberg. Exactly. I think the two fifty is. I a, would pay money to do that. You yeah. wouldn't have to pay me. I would pay. Money. Exactly. Well, that pretty much does it, I guess, for the first part. Oh, one more thing. Steven Spielberg's wearing a TT hat instead of an ET hat, so I'm assuming. Yeah, that's what's that about? Yeah. It has to be Tiny Tunes, I suppose. Uh, right? Yes. Yes, I noticed that. Yeah. Well, anyway, Nathan, why don't you go ahead and get to the second part here? What They have to get in a plane, right? Yeah, so uh, we find out that in order to get to Hawaii, you have to fly to Hawaii. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, Bugs, or not uh, <laughs> Buster Bunny, it doesn't like to fly, apparently. Um, I don't know if this is uh, in any other episodes. I think it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in this episode, for sure. He does not like to fly. Um, so he decides to call the writers, which, as we know, are uh, three 13-year-old girls. And um, they pull him through the phone. And he's like, hey, my contract says no plane scenes. Hey, aren't you supposed to be filming our script? That's what I wanted to talk to you about. My contract says I don't do plane scenes. <laughs> the plane stays. Now back to work. Oh, but girls! That's an actor for you. Always messing with the writer's vision. So then he gets shot back through the phone. So, he, you know, he was actually pulled through the phone. This is crazy. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, all right, we'll do, we're doing the plane scene. Uh, so then we cut to, hey, then we're like in a whole new episode. It's called Buster and Babs Go Hawaiian. We actually get like a little title card and it's written by Renee Carter, Sarah Kreef, and Amy Crosby. Um, and we see like little caricatures of them, and um, it, it looks like this draw, this cartoon is going to be kind of janky looking because it's all black and white and pencil drawn. Uh, <laughs> but then it cuts to color and like, oh, like this is how we know them. Um, and they're at the airport. Uh, Buster is carrying a bunch of luggage, but it turns out he can only bring two in. So they call in Taz, uh, Dizzy Devil, and he eats all the luggage, um, and they're, they're allowed to carry on two. I and they're like, well, I wonder what the pilot's going to be like. And hey, uh, wouldn't you know it? We cut to the plane and uh, Max Amelian is uh, the pilot. And he is not very nice. <laughs> or Aloha, suckers. Welcome aboard Air Acme's Hawaiian Express. We're presently 87th in line for takeoff. But why wait? <laughs> He's not a great pilot. Uh, this is the first time he's made it in the air, so that's great. <laughs> Buster is not having a great time um, in the back because you know he's so scared of flying. 
And he's like, I wonder what first class is like. And then we uh, cut to what looks like a freakazoid uh, segment where yes. it's all live action. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if that was the first time they did that. You know, I don't I was, know. Probably not. But it really felt reminiscent of freakazoid. How you go like, OK, yeah. let's show an old movie right now. Boom. <laughs> um, but then the uh, the stewardess catches him and then he gets a, a punching glove to the face or whatever. I don't know what those things are called. And he gets shot through a bunch of seats. It's pretty fun. Um, and then it's meal time. Uh, while Max is getting lobster and filet mignon, uh, everyone else can get gray stuff with brown chunks or, or brown chunks with gray stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and instead, uh, Buster gets a little uh, carrot thing. And... Uh, like a dry freezed care. I don't know what it's called. And then, but that apparently tastes disgusting. And then he gets sick and goes to the restroom. And finally, I guess they land after that. Um, and immediately they get, uh, uh, they get mugged or whatever. What is it called when yeah. they secretly get, uh, I feel like mugging is pick like pocket pickpocketed. They get pickpocketed. I hope I brought enough money for replacements. Oh, mine too. <laughs> Buster, we're broken alone millions of miles from anyone we know. What do we do? And so they're in a, a thousands of miles away from home with no money. What do you do? It turns out that Buster has a credit card, though. Uh, it's Bugs Bunny's credit card. Uh, so they're going to rent a limo. They go to the renting company, and Elmira is the renting company person so uh they immediately get scared off uh <laughs> so uh they just rent some from somewhere else i don't know where they rented the limousine room but they get it from somewhere um and bugs <laughs> bunny finds out about this whole thing uh of them renting uh using his credit card without his permission and he'll be mad he may come back in another act i don't know but this is the end of the act two i think yep sure is uh, so, yeah, a few quick little references. I mean, uh, first of all, remember when, I don't know if you guys were ever on an airplane before when they actually used to serve meals on a plane. That was, uh, that was well, reminiscent. Yeah. I was just like, oh, well, you've actually been. Don't they uh, still like do a, that like on, intercont- on long. Yeah, intercontinental yeah. flights, you know. But I think if you go to Hawaii, they may still give you maybe. a meal. You gotta yeah, get a when good I go to plane. California, I get a meal. Oh, yeah. lucky. I only get peanuts every time. Oh well, I'm tired of American Airlines. Anyway, uh, so Delta, fly, I gotta go Delta. That's the check. Delta sponsor of the Animaniacast, right? <laughs> we just say that and they give us money, right? Okay, just sure. Check. One, one would hope. Okay, well we did it, so we'll wait for the check. Uh, but uh, the biggest preference is probably, I'm guessing, the American Express ad. Uh, thing where carl malden right there uh who actually apparently stole buster and Babs stuff is yeah because he's counting it up later on your money is stolen your luggage is eaten and you're a million miles away from anyone you know what will you do what will you do well what will we do <laughs> gee i don't know i just like saying what will you do uh, Nathan, I'm assuming you don't remember these commercials at all nope. with American Express and Traveler's Checks and everything like that? No? Kelly, do you remember them? Yeah. Okay, good. Good. Get, gotta get the old people in here to remember this stuff. 
So Kelly and I remember this stuff, and I mean, I just remember as a kid, like I never knew who this guy was. Carl Malden was actually an actor. He was in quite a few films in the fifties and sixties and stuff. And but for me as a kid in the eighties, I just saw him as the American Express guy. <laughs> it would hmm. it would go. Yeah, you know, anytime something bad happened uh, to somebody, usually their wallet got stolen, and well, they had American Express checks, and luckily their their trip was saved. So, I do like the line, however, when instead of saying anything about the guy who's counting their money, he just says, "That guy's nose is huge." Bye. That guy's nose is huge. Yes, that's it. And <laughs> and. It reminded me of a, a mystery science theater. There was a, a. They even talk about Carl Malden's big nose on a, one of their songs. Huh. To wrap it up, the worst mutation. No, you don't suppose. Oh, yes, it is. The horror of horrors. Carl, Carl Malden's nose. Ah! I remember that. Yep. It was. Uh, so there you go. You didn't even know who Carl Malden was, Nathan, but you knew the song. No. <laughs> <laughs> so now you know they're talking about this guy. Uh, but that that was pretty much it for 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 the references. But uh, Nathan uh, Nathan Kelly, let's start with you. Actually, uh, what did you like about this second segment? Did anything stand out? I like the music. <laughs> it it reminded me of staying at the Polynesian Resort at Walt Disney World. Ah. Very, you know, that can't say Hawaiian really because Polynesian's not really Hawaii. Hawaii, but um. That sort of tropical music, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, what about you? Um, I just wanted to say uh, Dizzy eats the luggage because I forgot to mention that earlier. <laughs> I think you did. You said something about did Dizzy. I? Yeah. You... I mean, he, well, he took the luggage originally. Oh, but yeah. then when they go to pick up their luggage, he eats. he's eating it all. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's another thing. They don't have any luggage. That's an important, no money. That's an important plot point that is gets forgotten in yeah, just a few moments. Yeah, for your part. I mean, so, I yeah. There. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked, uh, there's, the. I, I think there's people on the plane, right? The, there's just all the characters. some writers, that, and so I think there's a thing of Tress McNeil and maybe Joel Lasky's in there. I think Paul yeah. Dini. Uh, if, it's a, if it's a Steven Spielberg caricature, it looks horrible. So, but there's a yeah, guy looked, wearing it. I was like, yeah. He was already in the episode, yeah, Steven. It. So yeah. it's like, what? Yeah, and he, but he's wearing an E.T. hat, and he has a beard and glasses, and he doesn't look at anything like Steven Spielberg, but <laughs> maybe it's supposed to be him? Maybe it's I don't just, think it's supposed it's to be It's a Steven Spielberg. Spielberg cosplayer. Anyway, yeah, he's, that's probably it. he's in there. <laughs> and uh, maybe maybe Tom Ruger, a guy who's sitting next to the spielberg kind of guy, and I was like, that might be Tom Ruger, but, you know, who knows? There's... These these caricatures, they're just done for fun, and you know, usually I think the background artist knows who they are, and nobody else does. So it's probably for the best sometimes because <laughs> they're they're sometimes drawn in very uh, insulting ways. But anyway, uh, I think it's the, oh, 
I'll give you a part I liked. It's, it's, it goes to a little bit of a running gag with Shirley the Loon. Like, welcome to Hawaii. Enjoy these ultra-rare flowers that, like, died for you, you murderers. Great. Instead of a vacation, we get a guilt trip. <laughs> Great. Funny stuff. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and get to the third part then. Uh, so the third part is they're, they're going to the hotel and they're checking in at the Wiki Wacky, whatever this place is, hotel. Uh, Go Go Dodo is the concierge. And Sneezer is the guy who's carrying all their bags. They have so many bags to the point where they're going, why do we have all these bags? They were all eaten. Where'd this luggage come from? Ours was eaten, remember? Uh Uh-oh, there's a hole in the plot. Big enough to drive a Mack truck through. There's a big plot hole. Throughout this, uh, throughout this entire cartoon, they seem to be, you know, poking fun a little bit at the uh, the script that was handed to them by these eighth graders. Uh, it, I thought that that little part was kind of cute because, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, just as a middle school teacher myself, I, I see writing that kids do, and they'll hand me stuff and they'll say, "Can you proofread this?" And I'll read it and I go, "Wait a minute." <laughs> The highlight for me, really, on all this was they decide, like, I think Babs needs a bath or something like that, and so they go to make a bubble bath, and so, unfortunately, they dump the entire box of bubbles into the bathtub, and as soon as this started happening, I had a little flashback to a similar story that happened to me when I went on my honeymoon with my wife, and we... we, she she wanted to have a bubble bath, so I said, I'll make you a bath, honey. So we uh, got this little cabin, and it had a bathtub with bubble jets in it. Ooh. They had a little sign by the bathtub that says, don't put bubble bath into this. And I was like, well, I'll just put a little bit in, just a small little cap. And little did I know, I, sh- I really shouldn't have done that, because as soon as I turned on the bubble jets... The bathtub foam started to grow and grow, and it really was like exactly like Buster right here, with the bubbles just growing out of control. So here I am in a cartoon or a sitcom, and I don't know what to do with all these bubbles. So I just, I can't, I mean, I can't wash them down. I can't put them in the sink. They're literally rising like three feet above the, the, the bathtub. So I just start grabbing suds and I just start putting them in the toilet because that's the only place I could think of. Like, (laughs) I'll just put these suds in the toilet. So I start scooping up suds and just putting them in the toilet. And And then bubbles go down the hole. Bubbles go down the hole. (laughs) And I kept flushing and flushing and flushing. And um, what I didn't realize afterwards, until afterwards, was my wife is on the other side of the door going, Oh my God, is he okay? He must be really sick. That's all she could hear for like five minutes was flushing. Um, but it was all, it all turned out uh, okay in the end. Uh, you know, I was able to get enough bubbles down the toilet that uh, she was able to take her bath. I was just very embarrassed. So, very relatable story right here. And <laughs> anyway, uh, it goes forward, and they, you know, Buster does a little bit of surfing in here. He says a line 
uh, of Cowabunga Bunny, which I swear, I think it was in some promos for this show because it is a very quotable line and would look great on a great on a TV commercial. It gets a little random here towards the end, I'll be honest. <laughs> and I think this kind of goes to the fact that, again, we are dealing with eighth graders writing this these segments, so they kind of jump around. Uh, they, they go to a luau. Inside a volcano. Inside a volcano, which there is another volcano also someplace else. But anyway, uh, Daffy gets his feet burned, and he sings a really cool song in front of Foulmouth and uh, Foghorn Leghorn. I say the duck is on to something. So, uh, Hampton, he's been uh, labuffed, as we talk about, uh, for being so mean to Spielberg. And uh, I guess the whole place blows up because Gogo jumps out of a coconut that they're about to drink out of. And I think Buster throws Buster or Babs. One of them throws it into the volcano, and which makes the entire island blow up. And they're about to kiss. That's not just land. That's at the acres. Home at last. And cut. Is it a rat, boss? It's a masterpiece. The best adventure yet. I'm brilliant. It always kind of makes me, even though I know Buster and Babs are kind of boyfriend no relation. girlfriend yeah no relation yeah. they are kind of boyfriend girlfriend but i always see them more as platonic friends so it always kind yeah, of yeah me too it, yeah <laughs> he's it, friend zoned yeah yeah he's been friend zoned i think babs is is uh is much more wants to be friends with buster than buster wants to be friends with babs but at any rate it uh did kind of bother me a little bit that they were going to kiss so i'm glad that they were interrupted so we didn't have to worry about that but at the end of it, uh, they're like, well, that's a wrap, and they're walking out, and Spielberg comes out with the girls, who, by the way, are not voiced by their actual uh, real voices, apparently, which, that's kind of a shame. But again, like we are saying, maybe there's a, a legal thing where you, you know, you can't have non-actors voice themselves, even, on a cartoon. But for whatever reason... Just had to pay him more. It's yeah. Like... <laughs> you guys were great. What a wonderful show. Thanks. Oh, well, thank, thank you, you Mr. Spielberg. I mean, By the way, the girls wrote another script. Buster and Babs go to Mars in a rocket ship. We begin shooting on Monday. Bye. Buster is interrupted by Bugs Bunny, who says, here's my credit card bill. And they go, oh, jump in the rocket ship and go off to Mars. All while Buster is saying, I hate flying. I hate space travel. Uh <laughs> Uh, that's it for the episode. They went to Mars and escaped their creditors. <laughs> so that is that. Are there any moments in this last third segment that you thought were cool? Uh, Nathan, let's go with you first. Um, Babs is kissing her credit card, and you you would think it's like, oh, is she kissing Buster? This is when they're in the limo and they open the limo door and yeah, she's just kissing her credit card because she loves plastic so much. I don't know. <laughs> I was you talking about them almost kissing. It just reminded me of that. Yeah. Um, so that was cute. Um, 
I I uh I liked Dodo being the person there. I guess it's fun. Um, it's it's uh it's cute. The the roasting marshmallows by a, a giant volcano is I don't know. It's just random. It's just random little scenes. <laughs> that was pointless. Oh yeah. All right. We're going on a helicopter ride just to show that Buster doesn't like flying some more. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just like how Babs points out that that had no point to it. It was just like, well, we're going to do this because <laughs> we're in Hawaii. I don't know. Uh, Kelly, yeah. what about you? I liked it. Spielberg came back. That's true. He does make an appearance. Second appearance. Ooh. Yes. It's definitely the most Spielberg we've ever seen in any cartoon. How Spielberg. Very Spielbergian. And definitely the most we've heard from Spielberg. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, um, I guess with that, let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. What do you guys think out of five water towers, how many would you give this one? Um, I'll start for this one. I'm going to give this one four and a half. Uh, It's almost perfect. I think the animation is fantastic. Uh, I I really like the breaking the fourth wall. Uh, I like the concept that this is just completely different than other Tiny Toons or Animaniacs or Pinky and the Brain, whatever, really any cartoon. Uh, it's really uh, one of a kind in a lot of ways. And I like how Steven Spielberg came into it. So I think uh, for all those reasons, I'm going to say it's almost perfect. I think that just the <laughs> for the reasons that it, it is written by eighth graders, that sometimes the the plot was a little hard to really follow but this episode's always had a warm place in my heart i've always really liked it uh nathan let's go with you next um i'm also going to give it four and a half because uh yeah i just there's lots of references which i liked um and you know there was an overall story just one giant thing it is very random but you know it's they they made it work and also it influenced uh, a episode of simpsons which i like because i like simpsons and yeah, we didn't talk um, about that. Which which one was that apparently uh, influenced? It's it's the episode called The Front, where it's uh, Bart and Lisa write a script for Itching Scratchy, and they put Abe Simpson's name on it. So then, Grandpa is the one that's everyone thinks they wrote it, but it's really these like little eight and eleven year old kids wrote it, and you know, so it's a uh, it, that episode may have never been if it weren't for this episode. Yeah. So that gives it even. I mean, maybe I should give it higher, but no, it's fine. Four and a half. It's a great, <laughs> great episode. Uh, really enjoyable. And Kelly, what about you? Five. <laughs> Notice how I kept Kelly for the end for a reason, folks. Uh, <laughs> Kelly, Because my answer shocked and amazed you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Kelly, why did you give this five out of five? Steven Spielberg. All right. <laughs> Well, what do you, I know? It, it, is that is that the, is, is that enough? Is that just like it was automatic Steven Spielberg, and that, that, that gives it a five? I mean, pretty much. Uh, I'm sure that's really the main reason why this episode stands out for me. Because anytime I would watch a, an episode of Tiny Toons or Animaniacs, there would be this reaction like, "Oh my God, it's Steven Spielberg." And because um, usually I was doing my homework or something, so then I'd pay extra special attention to it. And then when it would come back around, I'd make sure to tape it if I wasn't already taping it. And so those are the ones that got 
rewatched and stuff, um, or, you know, had particularly interesting references to Star Wars or Spielberg or something like that. So, um, yeah, but I, I mean, I thought the whole, the, both halves of the episode I thought were, were super cute and, um, just liked the whole thing, but, but yeah, mostly Spielberg, <laughs> but I, I didn't, I didn't dislike any else okay well i guess that will do it so so very very high uh rated episode i think this is definitely one of the highlights of the the entire series so glad not we could talk about it graders. not bad at all not bad at all and again uh hey ladies if you're out there somewhere in the united states it's kind of hard to find some of these people especially after their when they get into their gosh I, they must be in their they're third, they're forties now, I suppose, right? And probably, you know, we don't speak of ladies' ages. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, I am so. <laughs> so anyway, I do. I, <laughs> well, I mean, I just turned the, I just turned forty, so I, I, I think I'm just saying. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sure the ladies are, there are, are, uh, they're young. Anyway. I'm sure these ladies might be uh, married and everything, though. So uh, it's kind of hard to find, you know, people after their their maiden names aren't, uh, you know, aren't necessarily the same. So if anybody knows, anybody in the Virginia area <laughs> where these uh, these ladies are, hey, have them reach out to us, and we'd love to talk to them on the show. We'll bring them on with Tom. Let's get them on here, and that we'll, we'll, that'd be same. awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. Let's go ahead and get to some contact information. Kelly, where can people get in contact with you online? They can find me on Twitter at Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or, or email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. All right, and Nathan, what about you? Well, I'm also on Twitter, Joey, uh, JangoFT, that's me. All right, and as for the Animaniacast, we are on uh, Facebook. We just passed 1,100 uh, likes on Facebook. Whoa! That's really cool. And we're also on Twitter. We're getting close. I want to say we're getting close to 3,000. I, I might be way overestimating that. <laughs> but we're getting a lot of followers on Twitter. So you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well. And you can also join the RetroZap.com Discord server by going to discord.animanicast.com and then you can talk to us and also all the other hosts for all the other RetroZap podcasts and also the other authors and writers and stuff that work for RetroZap. So if you want to talk about Star Wars or cartoons or movies or video games or whatever, it's all over there in the RetroZap Discord server. And speaking of RetroZap, you should subscribe to the RetroZap podcast feed on your favorite podcast player and that way you can listen to every single one of the RetroZap podcasts including this one for for free for free it's it's super cool so you should like totally do it <laughs> well with that i guess it's time to close things up so for nathan and kelly this is joey saying good night everybody good night everybody good night everybody 
This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Get out of here, you no-good vermin! Get out of here!